Hey everybody, welcome to Save Your Sorry. The podcast where we tell you about the rise and fall of a celebrity. And do some trash talking along the way. Surprise, bitch. I bet you thought you'd seen the last of me. Jose. Well, let me take these shackles off my feet so I can dance. And I'm Katrina Rochelle. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, well, how are you today? I'm doing great. Another wonderful day. Oh, it makes okay. me sick. I was about to say, you sound real positive. I was happy. <laughs> really happy for you. <laughs> he makes me sick, bruh. So today we will be talking about Victor Salvor. Victor's probably best known for being the writer and the director of Jeepers Creepers 1, 2, and 3. Okay. I've only seen the first two. And are you a fan of Jeepers Creepers? A little bit, actually, kind of. I'm not a horror movie person at all. But, you know, I got those select few that I actually can kind of stomach slash like or, you know, they got to me at a good time. And that's Jeepers Creepers 2. I was not really a big fan of Jeepers Creepers 1. Actually, I think it scared me more, which is kind of crazy. (laughs) So when I saw 2 and I love a group dynamic, I think that's kind of like why I like slasher films like Scream and I Know What You Did Last Summer. So, yeah, uh, Jeepers Creepers 2 was great for me. I, I never got the chance to see 3, though. Yeah, I liked the first one. It was a one and done for me, though. It never mm. like got added onto my horror movies that I rewatch. Like one of your all-time faves or something like that? Yeah, or just anything that I would want to rewatch. I mean, it was okay for what it was. Mm. Okay. I, I like you. I, I like the old song, you know, the Jeepers, Creepers, rather than that. (laughs) Of course you do. (laughs) Probably got it on record. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I I like that. That's like the only element that I really liked from the movie. Okay. Um, The second one, I think I saw it once, but I don't remember it that much. All right. And we'll be talking about charges that I did not hear about until this year. Oh, no, not charges. Yeah, a few months ago, but they seem to have been out for a while. Okay. Yeah, so, Trader warning, we will be talking about sexual abuse of a minor. Oh, no, shit. So, let's get into it. Mm, let's not. <laughs> I know. Shame on you for watching those movies. Shame on you for bringing, <laughs> bringing it up. <laughs> Victor Salver was born March 29, 1958, making him an Aries. Mm. Victor's mother was only 18 when she had Victor, and his biological father would soon abandon the family. Victor says his stepfather came and rescued them from poverty, but his stepfather was an alcoholic and would get violent when he drank, hitting Victor and his mother. Didn't really save nobody. Piece of shit. Yeah, like, they weren't poor, but they were getting beat. Mm-hmm. The summer of 1975, Victor is 17, and he becomes obsessed with the movie Jaws. He claims to have watched it 55 times over the summer, and the local paper even wrote an article about him, just like the guy who watched this movie so many times. Yeah, like the guy who eats a Big Mac every day. Yeah, one of those (laughs) kind of fluff pieces. His favorite movie was also Creature from the Black Lagoon, and these two movies really led him onto the path of wanting to create horror films or sci-fi films. By the time he graduated high school, he had already created 20 short films, and to finance these films, he worked two jobs because, you know, filmmaking ain't cheap. Mm Mm-hmm. 
At 18, Victor came out to his mom and stepdad as gay, and they told him he could either stop being gay or he would have to leave. And Ain't that something? The, yeah. the fucked up motherfuckers in your life? Oh my god, bro. And because being gay is not something you can choose, Victor is kicked out and disowned by his family. Fuck it. You can, I can abuse you and do all this stuff to you, but you can't be gay, though. Yeah, it's kind of wild. And not to excuse them, but this was... No, I'm not going to excuse them. Yeah, no excuse them, motherfuckers. 70s, but, yeah, they don't get an excuse. Fuck them. It's always around this time when I'm rooting for our subject and then realize what kind of podcast we run. Yep. And other shoe drops. Yep. Something's about to fucking turn. <laughs> so, in 1981, Victor was working at a daycare center. Oh, shit. Did You didn't say we were going off the goddamn rails. I thought we were going into a bad turn. Or it, yeah, we're still on the turn. <laughs> daycare centers, yeah. So, you just said daycare center. Oh, okay, I'm sorry. I panicked. <laughs> And there he met a woman named Rebecca Winters. Rebecca's children did not go to the daycare, but she had a friend's daughter who went there, so they kind of met through the fend, I guess. So Rebecca met Victor and helped him sculpt a goblin's face for a short film he was working on called Goblin's God. (laughs) That was a hit, obviously. (laughs) (laughs) Did you see the Goblin's God? From here, Rebecca says Victor became a trusted family friend. 1986, Victor is around 28 now, and he cast Rebecca's 10-year-old son, Nathan, Mm -hmm. in his 35-minute short film, Something in the Basement. Okay. The film was... I know, I just... You you keep waiting for it. Uh, Oh, Lord. This film was entered in a home video competition sponsored by Sony and the American Film Institute. And I saw some sources say it won, and some sources say it was just entered. But either way, it got the attention of Francis Ford Coppola. Francis Ford Coppola. Him too. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Him too. (laughs) And he has directed some movies like The Godfather and Mm -hmm. Apocalypse Now. And he was now interested in Victor to make a movie called Clown House for his company, Commercial Pictures. And a lot of the older articles were saying, like, Victor is supposed to be his, kind of like his protege. All right. So, 1988, they were filming Clown House, a movie about a killer clown following three boys. And Victor cast Nathan, who is now 12. Nathan says at this time he knew Victor for two years, and his life was a little similar to Victor's. They both had a stepfather that was raising them and didn't really know their biological father. Nathan says, quote, I loved him like a father and didn't have a strong male influence, and that's what Victor used against me, that kind of love that I was lacking. <clears throat> so during the filming of Clown House, Rebecca, the mother, starts to suspect something is wrong. Victor tells Rebecca she can't come to set, claiming that Nathan couldn't work if Rebecca was there. Yeah, bitch, never. Not my child. It, yeah, I don't see why that would, you know, be a thing. <clears throat> and this didn't sit right with Rebecca. She just had a feeling that something was wrong. 
So she confronts Nathan, her son. She asks him about it. And he tells her he has a secret and he can't tell anyone. <laughs> Nathan then tells his mom that Victor had forced sex on him. Rebecca goes to police and they raid Victor's home. During the raid, police find two homemade tapes, one showing Victor having oral sex with Nathan. <laughs> and again, at this time, he is only 12. What year was this? We are now in the year of 1988. Oh, these people. Oh, y'all nasty. How'd this nigga break into the fucking film industry? Exactly. Oh, y'all are fucking disgusting. Gatekeeping. People accept all the predators. Nigga, what? The film. Oh, my God. Film. Oh, wait. Jesus. Hollywood. Y'all nasty. I'm not sure what the other homemade tape was because it says there was two homemade tapes. Wasn't any better. Probably yeah, Vic Victor pleads guilty to one count of oral copulation with a person under 14 and three counts of procuring child pornography. So there was more child pornography in the home. Mm -hmm. Probably other victims. Or maybe not, but still, you. While being sentenced, the prosecutor said Victor seemed to seek jobs where he could be around children. Victor had written children's books and did work at that daycare center. And So what did they sentence this man to? We'll, we'll get there. Oh, no. Anytime, like, you know, that stuff comes out, I always fear there's more victims that did not come forward, especially with the daycare age. Yeah. Yeah. And him having child pornography is very telling that it's not a one-time thing. It seems he's had access to children for a very long time. Yes. And if a lot of your stories center around children, that just shows you where your mindset is. Always trying to get by them to do things with them. Yeah. Probably harm them as well. In the background. Victor was sentenced to three years. And the DA says there was no plea deal offered. That's just what he was sentenced, which he could have got more. I don't understand why he didn't. Yeah, what the fuck did the DA open his mouth for if he wasn't going to explain why the fuck did he only get charged three years? Y'all didn't go up for more? I think the DA was asking for more. The judge just didn't sentence uh, him. Well, that's or even fucking the jury. I don't, I don't know how I don't it worked. Fucking no, bro. Yeah, because the DA said there was no plea deal, so... And this is a case where there is not any, like, fucking... No doubt. No doubt it's a video. You guys saw the video, and then you guys caught him with more pornography featuring children. And so, because we know that this man films children, tries to do sexual things with children, and then also works around children in his actual... Uh, job and we're going to give this man three years and no other stipulations three years man and he only ends up serving 15 months oh fuck you and completes his probation in 1992 i did see i don't know if it's true but later some of the people that work group said they heard he was in therapy or he had therapy while in prison <laughs> Which I'm, I'm sure if he did have therapy in prison, it probably was not that good of therapy. I don't know. 
1995, three years after his probation is over, a Disney movie called Powder comes out. Did you ever watch Powder? That was a Disney movie? Yeah. <laughs> I totally forgot about it until I was researching this. I just watched it yesterday. I, um, I'm i familiar with the movie Powder. We're talking about the albino man. An albino teenager who has yeah. superpowers and lived his whole life in a basement. That was yep. a Disney movie. <laughs> That's a Disney movie. My mama, I, my mother and my grandma, one of those two likes likes that movie because uh, we watched it a few years ago and I was like, what the fuck are we watching? And they were like, powder. <laughs> okay, I remember my mom watching it too and I saw it when I was a kid. But it did kind of shock me that it was a Disney movie. Um, rewatching it, it kind of did too. I just, it's kind of outdated. Yeah, I don't remember much of it, but I just remember seeing flashes of it and not thinking it was Disney. But okay, interesting. What was what the fuck he got to do associated with Powder though? Well, he wrote and directed it. Oh shit! I knew I didn't fuck with that movie for a reason. <laughs> <laughs> Nasty and... ass motherfucker! He's directing Disney. <laughs> Nobody. <laughs> Nobody gets this man's like background check. Nope. Oh, y'all are sick. People at Disney, you're fucking sick. No background checks. That's what I'm saying. This is why it's such a small world after all. You niggas working with the same nasty people. In nineteen ninety five, the previews start coming out on TV and Re- Rebecca Winters is watching TV with her sister and she says, quote, My sister happened to read the credits and it was Shock City. Here's Victor making a movie for Disney. So that's already like a you know a kick in the head to see that he's out of prison now. He's making a movie, but for it to be a Disney movie, mm-hmm. when Disney has always been this big studio for kids, it's outrageous. I agree, 100%. So Rebecca, now 20-year-old Nathan, and their family start reaching out to local churches to children's casting agencies, asking them to boycott the movie, and just get the information out there. At a screening for the movie, they go in protest. They held signs that read, Victor Salva, writer, director, and child molester, and support the victim, not the victimizer. They also hand out leaflets to people detailing that Victor is a child molester. The group wasn't that big. I think it said only five or six people were there with Nathan. But it did draw some attention. At least they tried, man. At least they tried. Yeah. And it's really horrible because it's the victim and his family having to do the work. Instead of the goddamn courts giving this man a minimum of some double-digit years. Why do you have to put yourself out there like that when the supposed justice system is supposed to do shit like that? Especially when there's proof. Especially when there's an underage victim. Slash witness. There is debate on who knew when they knew. But we're about to get into that. Oh, shit. Okay. So, Jeff Goldblum was in the movie as well as Mary Steenburgen. Oh, okay. I'm familiar with those two. Yeah, so it had some good B-plus celebrities. And I just love Mary. I see, I see her things, right? But she's she's a good actress. Um, yeah, she could. 
but most importantly, Sean Patrick Flannery, who portrayed the teenage boy, was already 29. This is old as hell. Yeah, I mean, which in this case is a good thing because he was old. Yeah, he wasn't safe around that nasty-ass motherfucker if he was younger. So one of the first defenses that came out was there were no children on set. It said they only learned about Victor's criminal record halfway through production, and when confronted, Victor admitted to his past crimes. The filmmakers also say once they learned of Victor's background, they had people watch him. And Disney spokesperson at the time, John Dreyer, told the Associate Press, quote, What's the point other than you want to make headlines? What the fuck does that mean? That's the only comment he gave. So, okay, hold on. The the who president? The Disney president? No, the spokesperson for Disney. Oh, spokesperson. Well, this is fucking even worse. The spokesperson for Disney gave a comment, but just said, what? What's the point other than you want to make headlines? Talking about Vincent's fucking past? That's what he was alluding to? Yeah, when they were asking about Victor's charges. Oh, and what they were asking Disney, Disney said no is this? <laughs> <laughs> well, obviously, this is how this man got through the cracks. Check out that spokesperson, too. <laughs> uh, yard. <laughs> this is why children get failed all the time. <laughs> People just do not care, honestly, because uh, the okay, we can excuse the um, you know, back the actors, um, the production assistants, you know, the writers, all those other people, sure. But Disney as a whole had a responsibility, or whoever the fuck hired him onto that film had a responsibility to uh check this man out, and so Disney and whoever fully knew. Or fully ignored who he was and put everybody in a tough-ass space when shit got leaked or put out the way it was. So. Yeah. Um, Mary Steenburgen, because I just want to see what she had to say about it. Yeah, she on the right side of history? She said she didn't learn about the history until after the protest. And what was her stance, Miss Steenburgen? That's the only thing I could see. I don't know if she said more. Again, this was happening late 80s so it could just be buried but that's mm-hmm. not a lot of comments if yeah really fully you know. one of the producers david grodnick says he was misled by victor's agent and manager he says he was led to believe the victim was older and was a consenting teen <laughs> Bro, y'all are also exposing yourselves what I thought it was a consensual teen experience, so I thought everything was on the up and up, unfortunately. And David Rodnick also says, quote, if there was a burden of disclosure with cast and crew, it should rest with the person who committed the crime. So his excuse seems to be, let's pass the buck. Even though he was one of the producers, I feel like that should be his job. Yeah, nasty. Victor's agent does contest this because he says they knew from the beginning of his charges. Exactly. What what I suspected is that it's 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 you know um, everybody's just trying to pass the bug, but unfortunately Disney y'all's asses are just stuck with it. But then we know Disney, yeah, they nasty. Then you get some of the crew saying they heard it a week before shooting. 
that there were rumors already swirling about Victor. You kind of in it after that. Yeah, I guess that they give different names, which I just did not include them here. Like of what different cast members said. We're not cast members, crew members. Um, there was actually a person who had worked with Victor in the past, and he was going around telling people. And the crew claimed while there were no children in the cast, there were plenty of children around the cast and crew because family. they were bringing the children in. Yeah, they're family. Yeah, they think, oh, it's a Disney film. There's predators all over. Yeah, you. <laughs> where they didn't think there's predators, where you think it would be safe. Yeah, but they should know. Another producer of Powder, Roger Birnbaum, and he's still a pretty big producer, said, quote, I sympathize with the pain these people have gone through, but the man is trying to do good now. If he has something to contribute to society and it happens to be in film, let him do it. The movie and incident that occurred eight to ten years ago are not related, and it would be a shame if the movie was not allowed to stand on its own. A movie is not made by one person. <clears throat> if all this was true, then full transparency would have been a thing. Yes, Disney knew, but the rest of the people didn't know who they were working with. And if if that's the route that y'all gonna take, this man is recovered and he's working towards being a better person then there's no need to hide your train your transgressions because you're trying to take accountability for them and you're trying to move on and move forward. Then what's the problem with everybody knowing and being abreast about your nasty ass history? Yeah. Um, so that just means that every all these are just PR statements, just trying to get really through is. the shit storm of Disney, Vincent, and everybody just being nasty ass people and burying their and burying his past for the sake of a fucking movie. And just in the timeline thread, because you have the crew saying there was rumors before it even began shooting. Mm -hmm. The producers are more saying that it was in the middle of production. Like, when did this information come to you? I feel it was probably there from the beginning. Because, mm -hmm. I mean, he is a registered sex offender. Like, he had to tell them, oh, well, I can't work with this kid. You know, something like that. Like, I have to get an adult or something. Yes, like, legally you guys got to blah, 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 or legally I can't do this, or make sure that the lead is at least, we have to make sure that, you know, all these we, stipulations that people in the background had to make sure were correct for him to be on set. Yeah. So, Victor declines request to be interviewed, but says through his agent, Quote, I paid for my mistakes dearly. Now, nearly <clears throat> 10 years later, I am excited about my work as a filmmaker and look forward to continuing to make a positive contribution to our industry. What about making positive contributions to the fucking society and not being around children nor making children films anymore? <laughs> Why don't you take your ass out of that arena? Yeah. I get, like, it's a PG-13 movie and there was no children technically on the cast but it's it still does not seem right to me working with disney like that should have been a no no from the start mm -hmm. and what do you mean pay for your mistakes dearly you barely paid any debt to society and 15 I months hear, yeah i didn't hear nothing about no restitution and if you even had to pay restitution it still wasn't enough 
Also, the movie powder can also start to look weird if you're looking at it through the gaze of knowing Victor Salver was a child molester. The fact that the main character is hairless and most pedophiles like hairless. Oh, no. Uh, there's a comment in there where one of the teachers says after being shocked by the main character, because the main character has like electricity powers or something. Mm-hmm. He says, I had the best sex of my life after. Well, this could have been a throwaway funny line if you're going into it with hindsight. Uh, Victor wrote the screenplay, you might start to question things. And there was more things, I just did mm-hmm. not include them, just because I guess you could like really nitpick anything. But you, you just never know. Honestly. Now, I don't know if it was because of the protest and buzz that was brought around the movie right before its release, but Powder did better in theaters than expected. Which was totally the opposite of what they wanted. They wanted to shut down the victim and his family. Well, yeah, but unfortunately, when you got a big-ass studio behind you burying fucking stories and shit, uh-huh. um, the, if, if unfortunately the story looks good to audiences, it's just going to look good to audiences. No matter who's attached to it, because they've promoted the fuck out of it, they've put the money behind it. So, two thousand one, Jeepers Creepers comes out, and it does great at the box office, and no one really talks about Victor. Jeepers Creepers two came out in two thousand three, same thing, not as great, but it still did good. Yeah, yeah, fuck all those movies. I ain't never liked a Jeepers Creepers movie in my <laughs> goddamn life. They was corny, stupid, and trashy. I would never fucking say I liked that shit. Never in my life would I ever came to watch and liked any of that shit, ever. Never. Ever. <laughs> but by the time Jeepers Creepers 3 comes out in 2017, the world is now a different place. Mm. Social media is more prevalent, and it spreads like wildfire of Victor's past. And I even hear about this during this. Even before the movie can start production, it is having trouble getting funding. Now, this might be because it was switching studios, but it could also be because of Victor's past, or it could be multiple reasons. But I know one thing that was directly related to his criminal charges was when casting went out for the movie, so did an alert to casting agencies telling them that the screenwriter and director is a pedophile. <laughs> That's the energy I like to see. <laughs> Put it on front streets, nigga nasty. Which that's how it should have been exactly. from the from start. The, from the beginning, exactly. And now people are saying they're going to protest in front of the Chinese theater where it was set to premiere. And this time it gets so much more attention that the premiere is canceled. Mm. I tried to get an accurate box office number, but a lot of them have different numbers, but I do believe that it did not, that it did flop. Great. I mean, unfortunately, not great for all the other people attached to it. Um, And I understand that because, you know, those people didn't ask uh, for their work to be swallowed up by a nasty ass man. But also, unfortunately, you got to be very cognizant of who you work with in this industry. Yeah, and 
one and of if, the it would, and if it would have been successful, this it would have been another feather in his cap. So I'm sorry. I'm glad that shit flopped. I am he does, too. He does not need any more successes or any more reasons for people to give him excuses to write movies. And that sounds bad because maybe it was just this one case, but I one's enough. One's enough, first of all. And I feel like he never paid for it, nor did he really even just show any responsibility or accountability for it. So I mean. I'm okay with you being sandbagged. I am too, and I just think we cover all sorts of crimes on here, all sorts of, sometimes not even crimes, just they say the wrong thing, they're mean, whatever. Mm -hmm. And just sexual ones, sexual crimes are something that I can't forgive. I, I feel like they should be exiled. Like, I agree. And when the casting went out, it even said they were casting for a 13-year-old girl an 18 year old girl playing a 13 year old girl. So I feel like that had to be in the first one as well. Or in Powder, not the first movie, but in Powder. Basically, yeah, you, you want a, a child, but you can't have a child, but they're supposed to be mimicking and playing a teenager, but they have to be adults. And that's who he writes his films for. Yeah. But that's but those kids, the kids can't be in the films. But he still keeps writing children parts. Also, people just didn't like the movie. Um, it people who did watch it, it just got a low score. They did not like how it came out. And to make matters worse, there was a line in the movie where one of the characters was molested. I guess that's a storyline. And one of the characters says, "Quote." Can you blame him, though? I mean, look at her. The heart wants what it wants. Am I right? Yeah. That that line gets in there. Oh, Lord. Y'all. And this line was cut in the official releases, but it was in, the, in there when the, when the critics saw it. Jeepers Creepers 3 would be Victor's last film. There is a Jeepers Creepers remake, but Victor was not involved, I saw. One of the people who was involved with the remake talking about he's not involved whatsoever. He sold he sold his rights to it or whatever. But when people asked, did he make money off of it? They didn't really respond. So and, and honestly, it don't matter. Y'all fucked up already. <laughs> if anything, if you really wanted to save it, maybe you should have got the rights from him after the first film. But no, that's this that's Vincent's series. It's been tainted by him. And when everybody had the opportunity to get this man away from him, buy the rights, separate him from the other films, y'all chose not to do it. So that, I mean, good luck ever getting that shit back off the ground like it used to be, but that shit's tainted. Yeah, um, that is his original creation. So some way, somehow he did make money off of that. Mm -hmm. He might not have been involved, but selling his intellectual property, he had to have a payday. Yeah. And I guess you can decide for yourself if you can separate the art from the creator. I just find it fascinating that this cancellation or recording or justice or whatever you want to call it took years to happen. I get in maybe the late 80s people didn't hear about it. and But the early 2000s, I mean, I guess the internet was still young. I don't think the people who unfortunately mattered at the time, like critics, um, production companies, distribution companies. 
studios, they didn't care enough uh, to stop it. And those are important. Those are unfortunately the people who put people in positions that make a lot of money and uh, release stuff to the public. So it's like, yeah, the public, like you said, the internet was young at this point. Like it was just, you know, really getting its wings and all that stuff. So the people. Yeah, you would know more than me since you're way older. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> hey, you lying. <laughs> uh, why did you even sneak that in there? Why I don't know. It's me. <laughs> um, I forgot what I was going to say. <laughs> Basically. I, I, I just felt like we needed a humor break. A little bit. Thank you. Um, basically those people before you know public the public are supposed to do their due diligence and make sure that the the people working on things are decent and you know all that jazz whatever and they they're they're the people who didn't care they had the power the public we couldn't have we could have only stopped it post production that's true and i feel like you can say a lot of shit about like twitter or social media that sometimes they go way too far with shit. Mm -hmm. But I also feel like it's used so many times to spread awareness. We've seen it in so oh, many yes. episodes where that's where it gets traction. Yeah, so many people have tried, it, and uh, people do still benefit off tragedies and um, fucked up shit, but so many other people have tried to benefit on other tragedies or uh, try to bury their past. And it's taken social media exposing them for anybody to to to, to know. Sometimes the, the the attention is not on them, or sometimes their past isn't known until it gets released, and then you get a little bit more of the full scope. Sometimes social media can go too far, or it is inaccurate. But a lot of times, it has been a. Uh, a vessel uh, for people to get results. Yeah. Um, do you have anything else to say about Victor before we move on? Let's move on. He's nasty. He is very nasty. Um, I picked him because it's October. We're doing our horror-related ones. Do a few celebrity horror stories since it's the month of October. Yeah. But this time, we're going to do some short, real-life horrors that happened with celebrities. Which okay. might be even more scary than the paranormal. I would like to think so. First up is a little story, but it is actress Tina Fey. Hey! Tina has a short story on how she got a scar on her face. It's located, <gasps> like, under her lip. You don't really notice it unless you're looking for it, I guess. Or you're a huge Tina fan. You done seen that face a lot. Yeah. <laughs> you know all the lines. I know all the lines. <laughs> so Tina Fey was five years old and she was in her front yard when a random stranger came up to her and cut her on the face. I don't know if she was in shock, but the first thing Tina thinks is that someone marked her with a pin. And that's really all the information we have on it. The person has never been found, which is terrifying. It kind of sounds like an urban legend. Like, you know, don't go out, don't go out front. Someone's going to get you in the face. Mm -hmm. And it's bad enough that it's left a scar 
to this day that you can see. Yeah, it's a very, like, once you see it, like, you can be like, bro, that must have been a bad scar when she was a child. It, it healed very well, you can tell, but yeah. Yeah. It's a little long, like, considering her face. Yes. And yeah, I remember hearing about this, too, when I was looking up, like, Tina Fey, like, back in the day. And I was like, damn. Like, to the point, like, she don't really even talk about it. Like, that was the only thing I heard, like you said. There's no other details about it because she doesn't really talk about that, which tells me that maybe there's not more to the story, but it's like um, it doesn't bring up good memories for her. Yeah, I saw that she talked about like the aftermath. She was put into therapy, but she said it didn't really. She said it didn't really affect her, which I mean, good thing it didn't affect her. Mm-hmm, that's the long um, term. Yeah, she said that all she, what she really noticed was grownups being like giving her things to be nice to her and she just thought it was because she was a pretty girl or something like she didn't register girl you say that slash on the face like bitch, ain't nothing wrong with me they just think your <laughs> bitch is pretty giving me all the gifts sometimes you gotta have that attitude go ahead yeah so i i i'm glad she took it as that outcome because i don't know i just think it's it's terrifying for that to happen to you yes and then i think it's terrifying to be the parent and have that happen to your five-year-old child. Yeah, because I don't know what the fuck I would do if I came. Like, if my child came inside with her face bleeding or I went outside and saw my child's face bleeding and knew, like, a passerby just assaulted her. I don't know. Yeah, that would keep me up at night. I just, yeah, I just because how, like you said, long the scar is, I just know it had to be bleeding a lot. And mm-hmm. just such a horrible thing. I could not even imagine, like... Is that person still out there? Have they done it to someone else? How how do you get like security from that? Yeah. Um, but that's all Tina's story. I think the randomness is what makes it scary. Next up is Sandra Bullock. Not you getting all my white faves. <laughs> what the <laughs> fuck has been happening <laughs> with, with the white girl actor community? <laughs> So June 8th, 2014, Sandra is sleeping in her bedroom and her bedroom was on the second floor of her house and she hears a noise that wakes her up coming from the third floor. First of all, come on, Miss Floors. I know. (laughs) Floors on floors. And she said the noise was coming from her workout room. Mm -hmm. So Sandra gets up to see what the noise is and when she gets up there, she sees a man standing there in sweatpants and a shirt, a sweatshirt. Oh, not in her gym. He dressed for the gym. I, I His name run. is Jim. <laughs> so Sandra runs out of the room and locks herself in a closet. She calls 911 and says, quote, I'm in the closet. I have a safe door. I'm locked in the closet right now. She got a panic room closet. That's what I was thinking. It had to be like a panic room. And I love that movie. Might be my media. <laughs> Luckily, that night, Sandra was going to be out late, and the nanny offered to take Sandra's son home with her. Oh, thank God. Yeah, because she had already adopted her baby. Her black baby. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Her little black child. Louie. Oh, shit. 
Um, when police get there, they find Joshua James Corbett, and he has letters on his possession talking about sexual acts with Sandra, <gasps> saying that he's her husband. He also has photos of Sandra. How did this motherfucker get in? Well, he got in by scaling two different fences, going to her sunroom, and pushing in a glass door. And this call came in at 6.30 a.m., this police call. So how long was he in the home for? Because I don't imagine someone going to a house in the morning. Like, if you're going to break in, it's most likely going to be at night. He's had to scale two defenses. The motherfucker had to take breaks after everything he had to scale. Maybe. Oh, my God. That is freaky. That is scary. He could have been traversing her whole house. Yeah. He could have. Let me stop. But no, that is too much. Like some, that just unnerves you completely. I have to move. Somebody being in your space, like knowing that they could get in, and then they—it wasn't like a random break-in. Like they just wanted to break into a rich bitch's house. No, they came for Sandra Bullock, and they came to Sandra Bullock's house. At his home, there was more letters professing his love to Sandra and her child. Hell nah. And proof showing that he had been in the same locations of Sandra following up to that night. Oh, no. I'm getting all my lawyers on this. Corbett claims he did not want to hurt Sandra. He just wanted to prove the security had <laughs> some inaccuracies. <laughs> I don't... <laughs> I don't know what to say. <laughs> like, <laughs> yes. Thank you. Also, hell fucking no. Nah, get the fuck away from me. <laughs> Thank you for the security lesson, though. I will be firing those guys, and we will be bringing in reinforcements. Also, you have to get locked up as well. Corbett was ordered to seek mental health treatment and had a 10-year protective order issued against him. What year? Well, that was 2014, but Corbett died by suicide in 2018. Oh, goddamn. After a standoff with SWAT. He had stopped going to mental health treatment. Corbett had missed a court date and police were there to arrest him where it soon escalated. And I don't know if that court date had anything to do with Sandra or not. It was Uh just a court date. As for Sandra, she says she suffered PTSD. She says, quote, I wasn't the same after that. I was unraveling. I haven't been alone since that day it happened. She goes on to say, I didn't realize what what PTSD was, I would look left out of a car, not right. I would look left, I would start sobbing. I thought to myself, I'm a single parent and this child is going to absorb nothing but fear and trauma and shame for me in the most pivotal times of his life. And I was like, I don't want to drop that load of baggage onto my beautiful child. Not that beautiful black baby. And home invasion is just so terrifying. It definitely takes away your peace of mind. Yes, that's why home invasion movies are also so terrifying. Oof. Because they tell they show something that could easily happen to literally, as we are seeing, anybody. Yeah, like you would think with that, with her added security, because she is a celebrity. I'm sure she lives in like a gated community or She's something. She's a motherfucking multi-millionaire, so when multi-millionaires get their houses break, broken into, you could just be like, well, goddamn, what this fucking flip lock gonna do for me in this chain <laughs> lock over here? <laughs> and it was just, it was 
so much of a close call. Like, what if the nanny did not take Louie home that night? What if he would have saw her? Yeah, or she heard too late, or she tripped. You know, it was just way too close of a call. Yeah, a lot of things. You just never know. Because people tell you, oh, I wasn't doing anything all day, every day. But the thing is, you don't know until they have that choice, and until they're they get in front of you. Because thankfully, yeah. he didn't get in front of her. Last story we'll be talking about is Miranda Cosgrove. Oh, shout out to I'm glad my mom died. <laughs> Do you remember in like 2020, 2021, there was this viral clip in it or sound where it's Miranda saying, I actually do trust a little, yeah, and Whitney Cummings asks her what's your favorite trust word, and Miranda replies, probably fucked, and they laugh. It is hilarious. I do. That. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> oh, not Megan. Not, not Megan cursing. Well, somehow that went viral, and not this story that Miranda tells on the same podcast. Miranda says she went on a date in 2016, and it was a bad day, and it starts raining. So she decides to stay at her parents' house because she didn't want to deal with the rain. Because, you know, it hardly rains in California. I mean, it never rains in Southern California. (laughs) So Miranda gets a call at 3 in the morning saying a man died at her house. Oh, shit. (laughs) That's not funny, but not what I was expecting. No. So Miranda gets there and there's caution tape and apparently... (laughs) I'm so sorry. It just re-hit me. Imagine getting the cops. You not at your house. It's my, it's my dad at your house. The police, most likely. Like, bitch, what do you mean somebody dead in my house? I'm not there. Yeah. Okay. Caution so, tape. Miranda gets there and there's caution tape. Apparently, the man had been there burying things in Miranda's backyard for the last three days, which Miranda did not see him. He buried a lunchbox with chocolate milk. He buried knives and a rope and some other things. Oh, he was burying a plan. Yeah, Miranda did not notice he had been doing this. Later, when they looked at the camera that night, they see the man pacing back and forth in Miranda's backyard, wearing a trench coat and holding a gun for around six hours. Oh, no. A car ends up driving past Miranda's house that looks similar to Miranda's, and he shoots at it six times. <gasps> what the fuck? Yeah. He ends up missing the woman in the car, but then he shot himself and set himself on fire. I... Okay. The police never really find out what the man's motives were, but it does not seem good. It yeah, just, what the fuck did Miranda do to him? It just goes to show that one split decision for her to stay at her parents' house because it was raining changed mm-hmm. her life forever. If she would have went home, like, who knows what the man was planning? Why did he bury rope and a knife if he had a gun? And what what did Chocolate Mountain Lunchbox have to do with anything? A lot of unhingedness. Uh, yes, a lot of unhingedness. I, that's what I think these three elements, these three stories have to them, I guess. You could say it's mental illness. That has, I don't know. I don't want to <laughs> say it's just because of mental illness. But, you know, it's like scary. It's something that 
she does not know when he started following her. Did he know that she was Miranda Tallsgrove? He knew stuff. If he's shooting at cars that are almost identical to yours, he's in your backyard. He knows who she is. It's just what the fuck was he doing with all that information and, yeah, and those actions? Like, what was that all about? Um, but obviously, yeah, the the he he yeah he was going through some things because not only did you shoot at this car, but you killed yourself in one of the most like inhumane ways ever. Like, have you heard how long a body has to burn? Yeah, that that's uh, another element too. Or no, how long you're a lot? What is it? I forgot the I forgot the way it goes, but it's like, no, it like takes eleven minutes to burn alive or something like that. I don't know. No. I heard some shit like that, and that's crazy. Like to die from it. It is. It's I just I. It's random. It's your home. Miranda didn't end up moving away from that house. She. You know, she wasn't comfortable there anymore. Hell yeah, bitch. Take my iCarly money and get me the hell out of here. No, and I think what's why these are more scary than the paranormal ones is because they're actually, like, proven happen. There's no doubt that these stories happen. Yeah. Uh, paranormal stuff weirds me out, and I'll become unnerved for a little bit. But if it doesn't persist, you know, whatever, I'll let it go. But having an actual human try to do things for you, whether they, like, get intercepted or not, that shit weighs on your brain. Like, somebody actually got through your supposed um, safety, security, whatever that may be, and has violated your home slash your mind. And, you know, it's throwing you all the way off. Uh, some that's, That, to me, is a lot more scary than paranormal. Yeah, I I just keep thinking, though, what if it did not rain? What if she went home? It, yeah, it's so many what ifs. And that's why I think the other version of these what ifs are so many tragic Hollywood stories of, like, these women or men or people, like, getting to the, the, the wrong car with the wrong driver. Or they didn't go to that award show, or they did, and something happened. Or yeah, you know, like Kim Kardashian was robbed. Yeah, you just hear about so many things, so many bad things happening to celebrities. Slash, so many celebrities getting killed by random people or their partners that you think, well, maybe this is the other side of that what if, but just not that celebrity. Yeah, surprisingly, there was a lot of these stories with celebrities more than I thought. Um, I might do an episode on them later. Like the more detailed ones. Okay. But yeah, it. That's our episode for today. Do you have anything else to add? This was um, an interesting one. Not my fave, but uh, (laughs) (laughs) a lot of good info. Also, I learned some things. I also learned I will be telling my grandmother slash mama, Powder will never be watched in this fucking home again. Never don't you again. don't you dare, Grandma Mama. First of all, I think I got a chance saying that with my mama. I definitely can't say that to my grandma. I'm the uh grandma, uh just for reasons that I will explain to you later. Uh you can never like uh the movie powder. <laughs> mama, get that shit out of this house. <laughs> <laughs> 
We do like to end every episode on a positive note with some form of media we want to talk about, recommend, discuss, explore. Do you want to go first? Yeah, I think I'll go first because I don't think I'm going to do a media today. I think I'm going to just do a story. Oh, okay. Uh, if you know me, I've told this story before. Uh, most of you listening probably don't like know, know me. So you're like, bitch, well, we don't know. Now, this is a Halloween-esque story just because it happened like a couple days from Halloween. So that's really the only reason why I'm sharing it. And just because I've told it before to people. So I am in sixth grade and I'm at my new school. Now, like I said, this is the month of October, but I have only been going to this school for a week. <laughs> so uh, this was very sudden. I didn't know the area or the people. And this was a magnet school, not the first magnet school I've been to, but it was um, very different. They did things different. What's a magnet school? It's supposed to be like for children with higher test scores. It's supposed to offer better classes, more classes, blah, 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 magnet, magnet. I don't fucking know. They didn't okay. teach me, okay? The magnet schools didn't teach me, so who knows? Anyway, this is my first time having gym at the school, and uh, this was like a free day. And I'm like, okay, great, free day. Apparently their free day was you have to walk around the school twice outside the gate because it, the playground is gated at least. Um, and then you can go inside the gate and play like, you know, with all the play in the playground for the rest of the time, like a recess basically. Now the school was downtown and you shared part of, Part of the <clears throat> part of the outside of the school is an alley that has bricks, uh, has a brick road and utility poles like light poles. So I didn't think this was maybe the most safest thing for a child, but I don't run this school. So I go around the, the school and on the second time I'm on the alley straightway right before I hit the open gate. And uh, like I have said before, I'm a big girl, have been since third grade. And so I'm one of the last kids, but I don't think I'm the last one. So I turn my head as I'm walking, mistake number one. First of all, when you turn around, stop fucking walking. Why do you need to walk and look behind you? That's dumb. So uh, I'm walking, I look behind me and I confirm that there is a, another guy behind me. And as I turn around to confirm that I can still walk ahead, I run smack dab into one of those big brown electric poles. And I Ooh. mean like Bugs Bunny, Daffy Duck style. Like <laughs> a bitch, I was stunned. I had to stop. Now, I just told you somebody was behind me, but obviously now they are in front of me. <laughs> and as they have walked, because they have seen me run into this pole, in front of me, they turn around and they just look at my face and start pointing at my lip and my face and just saying, <sighs> and I'm like, what? And I touch my face and I'm bleeding. So I go in there, cut the story short. Uh, I get uh, go to the nurse's office. They determine I got to call my mother because I need stitches in my forehead. And so that's what I do. I get stitches. Um, my first week at my new school, uh, a couple days before Halloween, and therefore my 
grandmother appropriated a Indian costume for me in which they used my real stitches and drew a couple of more stitches on me. So I looked like a warrior Indian, even though I am a black woman. <laughs> and that was my Halloween uh, that year, as well as that was my uh, story in class for a while. Like, what the fuck happened to you? I didn't know what happened to you that first week. Yeah, I ran into that fucking pole that we had to walk in front of all the time. So that is my media story with no media. Okay. Um, I don't, I don't know where to go from here. I mean, there's nowhere else to go. I didn't feel like digging up anything. I just talked about my traumatic past. <gasps> Why are you laughing? That hurt. Like you're laughing at a bitch running into the pole. Like you've heard this story before. I don't think I have. You have? It's been a minute since I told you. Or if I was paying attention. <laughs> <laughs> I thought the story said have a point. No, it doesn't have a point. It's, it's just an October Halloween story. <laughs> you th what, you thought I was going to wrap it up in a nice bowl? I don't and know. that's how I got scared of paranormal. <laughs> Something, like. What if adult, what if what if the pole really wasn't there, but like a strong ass ghost moved me into the path of the pole? I don't know. I thought you'd be like, and now I see like, I, I <laughs> like the Native American culture is not a call. I don't know. I thought you were going to go more. No, I don't. I mean, it's it was crazy. I had stitches. My grandma didn't know what the fuck to do with me. She was like, you can be an Indian warrior. <laughs> and she gave me like these weird, uh, weave, uh, weave po uh, ponytail braids, like a sack of jewelry. <laughs> and uh, that was my costume. <laughs> Even Katrina has some cultural appropriation in her past. <laughs> yeah. You know what else is crazy? What? Um, never mind. Oh, you don't want to talk about your past. <laughs> no, I don't have a past because I. Not you lying. I don't. I was you, just to say, like, when people used to say, like, sit Indian style. Yes, you notice. You notice the last five, ten years has been crisscross applesauce for real, for real. But imagine if we were like sit like a Mexican or sit like a black person. Like, how was that okay for so long? You, you, you actually right. <laughs> Come on, guys. Let's all sit down. My better read. Sit like black people. Like. Oh my god. That's not right. That is oh. kind of funny though. But imagine what people would do. Cause you seen that video where that black guy goes to those older white people and say, talk like a black person. No. I don't know. So it's like sit like a black person. What 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 is somebody gonna do if you say sit like a black person, sit like a Mexican? I, I'm just picturing sit like a black person like save the last dance. <sighs> I was thinking the same thing. <laughs> I was thinking the same thing. Like, right, left. Oh, that's scary movie, but still, same thing. Oh, not you laid back with your hand on your crotch. Holy. Okay. Let's okay. get off of this, this train. What Thank you, Megan Kelly, for that nice Halloween story. Yeah. <laughs> 
in my day, blackface was okay. That's that's the vibes it was giving me. Don't you dare put that shit on me. That, that was just the vibes it was giving me. It's okay. Though. That's your vibes. That's okay. Don't you um, dare it, fucking. I was no, no, no. It, it's just like you know, lower vibrations, high stuff. vibrations. Like. Oh, and now we talking about low and high vibrations after that fucking viral plate video, <laughs> Jose. You are killing me right now. <laughs> Go say your media. No one could ever give me a plate like that. Never. Couldn't pay me to eat a nasty ass plate like that. That pissed me off so much. It was so stupid. And it was even worse because she was standing for it too. Like, you right. She teaching me. Bitch. <laughs> I just gave you free food. Not everything is a lesson and a metaphor. But anyway. No. Uh, my media today, just because I watched it recently and I want to discuss why you don't like it again. Oh, is the movie Practical Magic? <sighs> Practical Magic has it all. It's Let's like talk. the perfect movie to start October. It's Cedric Bullock, Nicole Kidman, their sisters, they're witches. They murder someone, they bring him back, they murder him again. <laughs> Midnight Margaritas. Mm hmm. And I just started, so there's two prequels to the book. So I started the first one. I'm going to read the second one. The third one is Practical Magic. And then the fourth one comes out October 18th, so I'm going to read that. Oh, it's like ongoing. Uh-huh. Okay. I'm only on, like, page 30, so <laughs> no spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> so why did you like it, though? I've loved Sandra Bullock since, you know, a long time. And I was in a Nicole Kidman phase back when I finally, like, maybe like 10 years ago, finally watched Stepford Wives. And I was like, oh, shit, she, that was cool. So when I had finally found out years and years ago that there was this movie with Nicole Kidman and Sandra Bullock, I was all for it. I was like, practical magic? Okay. And weird name, whatever. Let's watch it. And I started watching it, and it was about this magic shit, and they killing and deading people, and it's and, and it's a fight. I just was like, this is boo-boo. <laughs> and I did not turn back for the rest of the film. I just didn't like it. I didn't like the premise. I didn't like the fact that they were fighting over this who-the-fuck-cares man. And um, I just they don't know. They were fighting over a man. You need to rewatch it. Well, the point is that even if they weren't fighting over a man, the fact that they were doing anything was not entertaining enough to my senses. So I turned it off. He beats her and Sandra doesn't save her. Oh, that is what happened. I'm thinking about the other one with the three sisters. My bad. My bad. You're right. They don't, they don't do that. They're not fighting over him. You're right. Um, I did see that part. And also I like, um, who was that other chick, the older chick? Rizzo. Yeah, Stalker Channing. I love Stalker Channing as well. And I was just like, this. I don't know. I think I just went into it expecting a different movie. And when I got the movie it was, I wasn't satisfied. Maybe I should have read the synopsis first so I knew what I was getting into it. But also, you know me. I'm not a big science fantasy person. I do like romance, but 
and it says right here it's supposed to be like half romantic. I don't know, but it I, is half romantic. Okay, great. That's the curse. Oh, well, still the point is that I just didn't like it. <sighs> I like I just... so many other films from all those women individually, but I did not like the film that they made together. I feel like sometimes that is like the thing in our friendship, the thorn in our friendship. Is practical magic? I, I just talked to you and I, that's all I could think about. Like, how does she not like practical magic? The thing is, I like a lot of films. <laughs> but me not like <laughs> practical magic is a problem? That's the only one I'm like, why? We we could be so practical magic right now. You know what? Honestly, sometimes a film can still be good. I just didn't like it. So who knows? Practical Magic, like you said, could be like this great no, movie. No, I know it's a good film. The like whole I said, point, this though. Practical Magic could be like this great movie, but unfortunately, it just did not reach me. And I can recognize that. Because there's been movies that I had to revisit, and I was like, oh, shit, this was great. There's also movies, okay, hot take right now. Easy A is a C movie. I think I was doing too much Devil's Lettuce watching Easy A back in the day. Easy A is an okay movie for what it is, and it got Emma Stone to where she is now. Well, it got her, you know, up in there. That was like her first starring role. But Easy A, if you rewatch that, oh, the cringe is off the charts. The writing, oh my God, so many things they could have done better or just not done at all. I just like EZA for what it is. Exactly, but I, I had to see. I had to rewatch it and like listen to the fat dude asked for the favor, and when she said no, he sat down on the bleachers and started eating the Snickers. <laughs> what is I don't, that? I don't watch EZA for Emma Stone. Though. I watch it for Amanda Bynes, <laughs> and <laughs> I watch it. For Lisa Kudrow. For Lisa Kudrow, because when she's like, shit, fuck, shit. I knew like, you was going to say. I, like, I just want to wait the whole movie for that part, and it's very satisfying. That's it? Well, and, of course, then you don't notice how terrible the writing is, because yeah, those like, parts are, they're played to how they should be played. Exactly. Like, Amanda Bynes, just when she's like, Sh um, Sharp. No, that's yeah, it. Was so that, but I love that scene. Because she's sharpening the pencils, and I love, you know. I won't judge like everything she says. Like I love how she plays a super Jesus freak. And... Yes, yeah, and so just... she, she did kill that role. That I will say that yes, she really does. And it was like different from what we know Amanda Bynes as. She's always the cool girl or whatever mm -hmm. in the movies. She's the young ingenue. She's usually Emma Stone. Uh huh. Yeah, but if you take out Lisa Kudrow, which even yeah, Lisa Kudrow, you take out. Amanda Bynes and even some of uh, Emma is not that great. The background actors and some of that writing don't really hold up. I do still love the uh, pocket full of sunshine bit. That shit's great. I mean, that's a great song, period. But yeah, I just wanted to say that. So like I said, Practical Magic could be great. It just didn't like, it just didn't reach me. Easy A. I used to think it was great, and now it can't reach me. <laughs> yeah, um, I don't think I have any. Or before we go, though, I do want to say I might have said it before, though. 
sometimes when I'm in a bad mood or a sad mood, mm-hmm. before in the past, I used to look at pictures of hedgehogs. Now I look at pictures of Nicole Kidman, like the day she got divorced from Tom Cruise. I always just look at the picture. I'm like, she was so happy that day. So free. There's a specific picture of that. Yeah. Look up Nicole Kidman divorce. Is this the one where she has the red hair? Yeah, that's her hair, yeah. I mean, like, she was in that era, though. Like, she wasn't on the blonde. Yes. And yes, I know exactly what picture you're talking about. That is funny. She, has, yeah, she does look so free. She has, like, her arms stretched out. Like, her eyes are like, she just was, to have that feeling of Nicole Kidman gain her freedom. It's like a menopause commercial. <laughs> it's a freedom commercial. Look like an Activia commercial. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you're right. She does look like, oh my gosh, they took. She looks like they took the shackles off her feet so she could dance. Uh, Exactly. And I don't think she has a memoir, but if she did, I would always want to read hers, just because she went through Scientology stuff. Her two older children are still in it. They don't talk to her really. Yeah. That would be an interesting memoir. Uh huh. Maybe in about ten more years, she might. Maybe. I will always thank you for getting. I, I never finished the second, but the first season of Big Little Lies, perfection. Honestly, yeah. I love her in that role. I love her, and I, I don't seek out Nicole Kidman films, but the films I do see of hers, I always love them. Agree. I I agree with you on that one. Yeah. But that's our episode. Thank you guys so much for listening. If you want to reach out to us, our Instagram is Save Your Sorry, spelled just like the podcast. If you want to give us a recommendation or tell us your media, it's Save Your Sorry at gmail.com, spelled just like the podcast. And our Twitter is Save Your Sorry. The your is spelled you are. You are. Thank you guys so much. It's been wonderful. Bye. See ya.